check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. You're listening to Wellness Talk with your host, George Batista. Thanks for listening and tuning in, and I hope you guys had a great week, and looking forward to hearing some good information. Wellness Talk, as always, is the show that goes over the latest in health and healing, nutrition, fitness, and everything we can do naturally to live a long, healthy, and happy life. And this show is for educational purposes. It is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, and is not intended to treat, diagnose, prevent, or cure any illnesses. So as always, always check with your physicians when wanting to make major changes in your health programs or embark on any new health programs. This week, we're going to go over, first from Wellness Resources, this is going to be Chlorella Reduces Red Blood Cell Damage Linked to Cognitive Decline. Chlorella, one of my favorite nutrients, and one of the things I consume on a regular basis, and I always uh, tell people that they should be consuming that as well because it just does so much good for the body and for the body's pH. Well, now we're seeing that it actually helps with cognitive decline, and this is good news. Then we're going to talk about cutting back on antibiotics. Those of you who listen to the show know that I'm not a proponent of antibiotics for the most part, unless they're absolutely necessary. And I always say that we, you know, we've we know that antibiotics has been have been overused for many, many years, and because of that, a lot of different strains of bacteria are actually becoming very, uh, are becoming a lot stronger these days and uh, more resistant to the antibiotics. So, but anyway, now there's new research on actually uh, some research that is being done on actually trying to cut back on antibiotics, and this is a system that has, uh, is trying to that they're trying to develop to actually help to cut back on the use of antibiotics, and I think this is a great idea, so we're going to go over that. This is from the Baseline of Health Foundation. Then our spotlight for the week is going to be on coconut sugar. Those of you who uh, have a sweet tooth but don't necessarily want to go with sugar, um, this is a good substitute. It's It's coconut sugar. I mean, it's still... It's still a sugar in general, so you know those of you who don't want to use any sugar at all, you, you may not want to go this route. But those of you who do like some kind of sugar, you know, moderately, uh, of course, this is a good substitute. It's a good glycemic substitute. So I'm going to talk about the benefits of coconut sugar, what it actually does, what it has, and how you can use it um, regularly as a substitute for regular sugar. And then finally... I'm going to go over some Thanksgiving tips from Ayurveda. Uh, Those of you who know, Ayurveda is uh, one of the oldest healing sciences um, 
that that has existed. And they came out with some good uh, tips on actually how to how to eat well on Thanksgiving. And this is from Dr. John Duyard. So I'm going to go over that. Uh, so those of you who are uh, who want to try to keep your Thanksgiving as healthy as possible, uh, I'm just going to go over a few tips with you. All right. So let's get started. First, we're going to talk about this is from Wellness Resources Byron Richards. This is chlorella reduces red blood cell damage linked to cognitive decline. Well, chlorella, for those of you who don't know, is an algae, and it actually is one of the uh, one of the most healing nutrients you can actually consume, because we've known for a long time, uh, you know, a lot of people consume it in their superfoods that chlorella. It's actually very good for chelation. It actually helps to chelate heavy metals out of your body. It also helps to boost your pH. So we all know that the body, you know, the, your your body's pH is extremely important if you want to ward off any kind of uh, diseases. So boosting the pH and keeping it balanced is one of the best things that you can do. And chlorella actually helps to do that. But there's some new research now that's showing that 8,000 milligrams per day of chlorella in elderly patients for two months was actually able to significantly improve the health of their red blood cells. Now this is key. Because you have to understand that red blood cells are new every four to six weeks because they have no, you know, they really have no repair capacity. And as you get older, they don't function as well. They tend to, you know, their numbers tend to decline. Now, since red blood cells, they carry oxygen, they carry vitamin E, they carry iodine, iron, all these different types of nutrients. But they're very susceptible to wear and tear. Um, again, during the aging process. So keeping your red blood cells intact as much as you can is one of the priorities for healthy aging. So, but we also know that uh, a decline in red blood cells can lead to a lot of things, including cognitive uh, impairment, Alzheimer's disease, dementia, cognitive decline in general. So anything you can do to to get you back on track uh, or at least to kind of ward off the cognitive uh, decline issue, then that's a good thing. So what they found in these uh, elderly patients was that chlorella supplementation was actually able to reduce the damage to red blood cell membranes, uh, as well as boost the number of red blood cells. So it had a very protective effect on these elderly patients. This is great. This is this is really, really good uh, news. Now, the researchers believe that such benefits might contribute to maintaining the normal functions of these red blood cells and prevent the development of senile dementia. Now, this is a quote from the actual researchers. So, you know, there's a lot of ways you can actually try to ward off cognitive decline in general because we all know generally it tends to start when you get into, you know, late 30s, early 40s, the research, the research has shown so um, you can use chlorella as one of your nutrients in your toolbox to help ward that off now. And I would include with that uh, DHA, the fish oil, very good for, uh, for crossing the blood-brain barrier. But you can also use acetyl-L-carnitine, very good. Carnosine is also good for that. And things like uh, pantothenic acid, very good for uh, the brain. 
And, you know, just there's a number of things that you can use. Even even grapeseed extract has been shown to cross the blood-brain barrier as well. So there's a lot of, you have a lot of choices in what you can use to ward off cognitive decline, but it, it's very important. You, you definitely have to do it because, uh, you know, these days, you know, your, your brain and your body are at risk because they're always coming into contact with all kinds of free radicals and all kinds of things that really do damage in your body, you know, just by the process of living. So anything we can do to put ourselves back on track is very key. You can find chlorella a lot of times in your superfoods. I consume it every every morning and as part of my superfood shake. And I gave, um, a couple of weeks ago, I, I gave a... Uh, my recipe for my superfood smoothie, which includes a good amount of chlorella, but you can get chlorella as a supplement in many places. But again, I would suggest a daily, not only for chelation, and by the way, also those of you who are dealing with any kind of issues regarding heavy metals, for example, lead or cadmium or things like that, chlorella is great at chelating those out of the body to um, you know to help to help with that because we all know that lead can also Um, lead to cognitive decline. So, you know, use chlorella as much as you can. It's very good and, um, you know, something for your nutrient toolbox. All right. Next, cutting back on antibiotics. This is from the Baseline of Health Foundation. Now, again, you know, antibiotics overused, overprescribed by many, many, many doctors uh, in the United States. And now, because of that, we've got a certain, you know, we have uh, certain forms of bacteria that have developed resistance and become deadly, okay? Um, and doctors are still handing out antibiotics just at a, the sign of a first sniffle because they think it's just the right thing to do. Well, this was a study that actually took place at the University of Southampton in the United Kingdom, and it found that antibiotic use was decreased by close to one-third when there was a test performed. So what they did was they developed this test, and it was called the Fever Pain Scoring System. And what it was was they were using this test and the scoring system to uh, as the patients came in, to kind of diagnose what they had and to, to kind of see where they, um, you know, they gave them a rating of basically where their symptoms were. And at, by that rating, they decided to kind of hold off antibiotics or actually give them antibiotics. So just as an example, uh, the fever pain scoring system the scientists used consisted of five elements of healthcare professional needs to consider. So uh, some of the things that they considered were fever in the past day, the presence of pus, the rapid onset of symptoms, tonsil inflammation, and no coughing or other typical signs of cold. Now, the experiment had medical professionals use the fever pain results before either offering an antibiotic prescription on the spot or delaying the prescription for at least three to five days. Um, you know, so this way uh, patients could see you know if their their symptoms had persisted or not. Now, now. Check this out. When the fever pain test was applied, antibiotic use was cut by nearly 30%. And importantly, the subjects who were assessed according to these criteria reported a greater improvement in their sore throats, even without antibiotics, since their illnesses were likely viral. And we all know that viral illnesses do not respond 
to antibiotics. Okay, antibiotics can only kill things like bacteria and things like that. So, now the research subjects were 631 patients who came in to seek, you know, uh, medical attention because of uh, some kind of sore throat, for example. So, the only participants who were given a prescription right away were those who displayed at least four out of five of the fever pain criteria. Now, those patients. Uh, those participants meeting two or three of the criteria were provided with a delay with a delayed prescription, and those with one or none of the symptoms were denied antibiotics altogether. Now, this is this is what's uh, key when compared to simply providing a, uh, and, I'm, and I'm quoting here when compared to simply providing a delayed prescription to be filled in a few days if the symptoms had not resolved. The fever pain testing resulted in a 29% decrease in antibiotic use. One-third of the patients assessed using fever pain reported that their moderate sore throat symptoms had improved to become very minor by two to four days after their examination. So antibiotics were never even needed at that point. And even those with more severe uh, initial symptoms said their recovery was substantial enough in the first few days not to require antibiotics altogether. So what does this mean in lay language? Well, this means that, number one, if you don't need antibiotics, I would always say don't take them. Antibiotics to me are a last resort. If you need them, uh, I don't take them. My family doesn't take them. And because the point is that we know what antibiotics can do. Now, again, they're overprescribed. We know that, uh, you know, bacteria strains are becoming more and more resistant every day because of them. We know that antibiotics destroy the, um, the beneficial bacteria in the intestinal walls, leaving you open to candida albican problems, leaky gut syndrome, all different types of stomach ailments. And, you know, people take them every single day when they get a, you know, or every single uh, year, for example, when they get a cold. And they're prescribed like candy. So if you don't need an antibiotic, I would always say, you know, you know, there, there may be times where they're needed. I'm not saying that, you know, never take one. I'm just saying that, um, you know, there are many, many times that they're not needed because a lot of times also colds and these types of flus, for example, are viral. And if they're viral, antibiotics will not work on them anyway. So, but I'm, I'm at least anything we can do to move us in the right direction away from antibiotic use is important because now we're seeing that actual mainstream medicine, including the Centers for Disease Control, is actually starting to come out with, you know, recommendations on cutting back on antibiotics. And even one of the doctors here from this article had said, and I quote, we have reached the end of antibiotics, period. Okay, we're in the post-antibiotic era. So yes, antibiotics were were one of the greatest discoveries. Remember, you have to remember, antibiotics were discovered in 1928. And they were one of the best things to fight dangerous bacterial infections and pneumonia and things like that. But of course, as always, uh, we tend to, as you know, uh, we tend to overconsume things, and we tend to overdo it, and um, and then it ended up becoming a problem. Because at the end of the day, if you overdo anything, uh, even if you think it's healthy, it may not necessarily be good. So I'm glad they finally. You know, at least making a concerted effort to 
you know, say, you know, let's look at alternatives besides antibiotics because uh, we need to do that. Next, our spotlight this week is on coconut sugar, a low glycemic sugar rich in amino acids and B vitamins. Now, this is uh, out of uh, naturalnews.com, Michael Raventhorpe. And I'm just going to go over the benefits of coconut sugar. Again, many of you may not have heard of coconut sugar. Sugar didn't even know uh, that it existed, but it does. And uh, it's actually a good alternative. Again, just so you know, I'm not an advocate of sugar in general. Um, I just, you know, I don't consume a lot of it at all. Um, I used to when I was younger, but uh, I don't consume a lot of it at all. And, I, and the people I uh, work with and the people I help, I tell them one of the best things to do is to cut sugar out of your diet, especially if you're dealing with candida issues. If you're dealing with stomach issues, candida issues, um, you know, even just some kind of illness and cold symptoms or whatever, then stay away from sugar because sugar in general does have an effect on your immune system and can um, also lead to, you know, worse candida problems in the stomach. However, if you are healthy and you're looking for a, a substitute and uh, instead of, you know, the artificial sweeteners that are out there, you might want to look to coconut sugar. Now, coconut sugar, we'll go into the uh, history of it. Coconut sugar, also called coconut sap sugar, is a sugar derived from the sap of coconut tree flowers. Now, it's been used... Uh, as a traditional sweetener for centuries in regions where coconut trees flourish, such as Southeast Asia. Now, it's most commonly comprised of sucrose, which that's, it kind of gives it like a caramel-like flavor. But unlike, it's not refined like white sugar. So coconut sugar is minimally processed, and there's no chemicals uh, added to it. So one of the things that it's suitable for is for diabetics. So one of coconut sugar's biggest attractions is a sugar substitute at its low glycemic index score of 35. Now, those of you who know that there is a glycemic index, and obviously the top of the glycemic index is uh, the foods that basically spike your blood sugar very quickly and very big versus the foods that are on the lower end of the glycemic index, which don't do, uh, you know, which don't really uh, spike your blood sugar as much. So, you know, each food has a score. And, uh, for example, uh, coconut sugar score is 35, which is good, uh, as opposed to, uh, for things like maple syrup or honey, which have a glycemic index score of 69. So, and many of the refined sugars actually reach well into the 90s. Just keep that in mind. So, number one, it's a better sugar substitute for people with diabetic issues and insulin resistance and things like that. Also, Coconut sugar is rich in amino acids. So, since it's unprocessed, coconut sugar, it contains the same 16 amino acids as the sap from which it was derived. So, about 100 grams of coconut sugar provides us with about 34.2 grams of glutamic acid. It has aspartic acid. It has uh, all different types of amino acids like serine and uh, other, you know, and the non-essential amino acids as well. So very very important. This is good. Also, the uh, you know these obviously these amino acids are good for growth and they're good for the function of your hormones and your enzymes. So very very important. Rich in amino acids. Uh, next is B uh, B vitamin complex. Now coconut sap is rich in vitamins, including twelve of the essential B vitamins, and coconut sugar. Uh, um, 
by the way, yeah, coconut sugar inherits this benefit. Of all the B vitamins, coconut sugar is highest in inositol, which is B8, which, uh, which is needed for the formation of healthy cells, and it's also used to treat anxiety and sadness. It also has trace amounts of B12. Now, you have to remember, B12 is seldom found in plants, okay? So usually B12 mostly comes out of your meats, but it does have some B12 in it. And um, this is good. It's also rich in folic acid, choline, riboflavin, theamine. So has a lot of good uh, vitamins in it. And it's an excellent source of trace minerals. So one teaspoon of coconut sugar contains numerous trace minerals that are not found in refined sugar. These minerals include phosphorus. Uh, that, you know, it's important for bone growth and kidney function. Potassium helps reduce hypertension, lowers blood sugar, and nitrogen, which treats cardiovascular disease. Copper, what helps release energy and aids in uh, melanin synthesis, as well as zinc, iron, uh, calcium, boron, sulfur, sodium, all different types of stuff. So, you know, there are benefits to this. This is, you know, this is good stuff. So, coconut sugar, one of the things that you may want to take a look at. Now, you can uh, most likely find it in your local health food store. Uh, you may want to look at the, those type of places. Maybe some some uh, uh, supermarkets may have it that are more on the health side. Maybe the Whole Foods, that type of thing. But you you know you could probably most mostly find it in health food stores and um, and check it out because, like I said, maybe a good substitute for you. Uh, so you don't have to deal with the high glycemic spikes of refined sugars and maple syrups and 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 those types of things. So. Uh, check it out. All right. Next, this is uh, from Dr. John Duyard, and this is uh, some tips for Thanksgiving. So those of you who are going to be enjoying your Thanksgiving meal uh, this week with your friends and family, uh, I'm going to just go over a few tips from Ayurveda. And these are, you know, just some things you can keep in the back of your mind, especially if you want to keep it balanced. You want to try to keep your weight down. You want to try to not overdo things because we all know that on Thanksgiving we tend to overeat. And uh, so, uh, you know, again, these are just some suggestions. So I'm going to run through these really quick. Uh, Number one, tip one. One of the nice things about Thanksgiving meal is that it's typically eaten, eaten in the early afternoon. Okay, now. According to Ayurveda, the digestion is the strongest in the afternoon, which is the best time to eat this. Okay, so um, you don't want to have it, uh, you know, when your digestive fire is in the weakest. So uh, try not to have that big turkey dinner at night when the cooks have gone and your digestive fire is the weakest. So, you know, in the afternoon you can have, you know, a nice dinner and still... uh, and still have to maintain, at least try to maintain some energy uh, if you can. Now, tip number two, chat and chew. Okay, it's not a bad idea to eat a very light and balanced breakfast that day or that day of Thanksgiving Day. So by the time the big meal comes, you have fully digested your breakfast and are ready to fill up. But be careful, though. If you sit down to that table and you're starving, you risk inhaling that food in about 10 minutes. Okay, so my suggestion and the suggestion here would be to slow down. Relax. Have your nice, you know, have your nice meal with your family. Make sure, but don't, uh, but force yourself to put the fork down every now and then and chew your food properly. 
because this is not only going to help you relax, but it's also going to help you. You have to remember your full signal is going to come within 15 to 20 minutes after eating that meal. And, you know, we are normally trying to shove everything down. So you want to, um, you want to try to eat just enough to get yourself that full signal, but not overdo it. So, you know, don't eat that meal too fast. Try to just relax and have a good time while you're eating that meal. Uh, tip number three, stroke the furnace. Okay. For example, these are some things you can do in the meantime. For example, drink a, a tall glass of uh, water 20 minutes before starting the meal. This will prehydrate your stomach wall, which is lined with an acid buffer that is 80% water. Uh, the more water, the better. And the buffer and the more uh, acid your stomach will produce to enjoy more food. You can also add a little salt and pepper to, to this glass of water to help stroke that digestive fire. You can sip some ginger tea while you're eating. This will, you know, it's, or sip it 20 to 30 minutes prior to the meal to help your digestion as well. Ginger tea is great for digestion. And, uh, or if you happen to have some, uh, you know, some kind of enzymes on hand, you can take that with your water as well. It will help you to help you digest that as well. Tip number four, after dinner tricks. There is an old Ayurvedic strategy to lie on your left side for 10 to 15 minutes after a large meal. This is not an, after, uh, an afternoon siesta, but a short rest on the left side to allow the stomach to empty gracefully and effortlessly. Now you have to consider, the stomach is on the left side of the belly and empties from the left to the right into the small intestine. So if you lie on your left side, you allow the stomach to hang freely and contract naturally to move the food through when it's properly digested, okay? So that's another tip to uh, to give you there, okay? Tip five, digestive no-nos. Don't drink cold or iced water with this meal. Take a few minutes to relax, get settled, and say, you know, some form of blessing or grace before you're eating, but uh, do not start eating until you are really settled, calm, and ready to enjoy every bite. Next, don't watch TV while you're eating. Uh, next, don't eat standing up. A lot of people do that. Don't pig out on the bread first. Okay, It's heavy and it's hard to digest. And before you know it, you'll be full. And most of all, make it a special time with family, friends, and just be grateful for the meal that you're having. Okay, Now again, you know, um, you know it's very easy to overdo it during this time of the year because, uh, you know, you're... You're having a great time with friends and family and all, and that's fine. That's what you want. But, you you know, most people are eating so fast these days. They don't have time to sit down and enjoy their meal, to really um, conversate. I mean, meals should take a while. You know, a, a good meal with your friends and family should take a while because it's not only about eating the eating of the food. It's about enjoying the company that you're with. It's about... Um, conversating, it's about, you know, putting away the cell phones, putting away the electronic equipment, and just being with people. People just don't, they're not with each other anymore. People, you know, it's very its very hard to find families just to sit down with each other and have a nice meal. Now they're in front of the TV, they're texting, and they're eating, they're eating on the run, they're eating while they're on the way to work, and they're not sitting and enjoying every bite. So it's very, very important to do that, and this is one of the times of the year to do it Put everything away and just be with good company and have a great time because, you know, that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, uh, being with your friends and your family, the ones you love, uh, there's nothing better than that. Okay, so um, 
that's uh, that's pretty that's pretty much it. All right, that's it for this week. Hope you guys uh, got some good information. If you have a question for me, you can go to georgebatista.com and type in your question. Uh, until I until again until I uh, until I uh, speak with you next week, everyone have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy yourselves and always be well. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Whatever business you're in, growth isn't just about getting bigger. At ADP, we believe it's about getting stronger by turning data into insights so you can build teams that work as teams. By using our AI technology to help catch payroll errors before their errors. And by keeping ahead of thousands of changing regulations so you can keep ahead of everything else. ADP helps businesses like yours grow stronger every day. ADP, HR talent, time, and payroll.